Welcome to the enchanting world of nursery rhymes, where childhood memories and timeless tales intertwine. Join us on the A Tisket Tasket podcast as we embark on a delightful journey through the rich history and captivating origins of beloved nursery rhymes. Tune in for an exploration that will delight nursery rhyme enthusiasts and folklore aficionados alike. And now your host, Gina. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of a Tisket Tasket podcast. I'm your host, Gina, and today we're going to be talking about the clapping song, Miss Susie Had a Steamboat. Before we get started, here are a couple of things that I need to talk about. I just had a procedure last week, which caused my neck and vocal cords to be quite swollen. Actually, I just got my voice back today, and I didn't want to go two weeks without having an episode. So please excuse my voice. It's all craggly and whatnot. But follow me on social media for any updates regarding my health, regarding the podcast, anything like that. Second, check out the description for a link to my website. I am still looking for assistance to get out to Portland for the American Folklore Conference in November. Any little bit helps. And it helps me do what I love and love what I do. Thank you to those who've already contributed. In any case, today we're going to be talking about the nursery rhyme and clapping song, Miss Susie Had a Steamboat. Listeners, hold on to your hats, because this is a complicated nursery rhyme to explain. First, this nursery rhyme is not found on the Rowd Folk Song Index Archive, which I believe is the first for this podcast. It doesn't mean it isn't a nursery rhyme or folk song worth talking about, but I do wonder why it did not make the list. Perhaps it's because it had too many variations to consider as as a specific song. I've had a difficult time tracking down its history, and more than any other nursery rhyme that I've studied, its form is ever-changing. First, let's talk about what all these different versions have in common. Miss Susie, as I'll refer to it as for this podcast episode, is a schoolyard rhyme made up of verses that lead up to profanity or suggestion of a rude act. It's generally known as a jump rope game or clapping game. Depending on the lyrics, there are additional hand signals or sounds that may accompany it. For example, when referencing the steamboat, the speaker may toot toot. Further, these songs are all arranged the same. They are arranged in quatrains with an ABCB rhyme scheme. It's organized by its meter, called a sprung rhyme in trimeter. A sprung rhyme is a poetic rhythm that imitates the rhythm of natural speech. It is written with the first syllable being stressed, followed by unstressed syllables. British poet Gerard Manley Hopkins coined this term, referencing poets like Shakespeare and Milton. This type of poetry also has something to do with the number of feet per line of poetry, but I don't understand poetry enough to really go into it. Miss Susie also contains enjambments, which, besides being a delightful word to say, means that the poem's lines end with incomplete syntax and the meaning runs over from one line to another. Another example of this is from T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland, of which I'm a huge fan. If you're confused by enjambments, pay attention to the end of the lines of the poem when I read it. Part of the humor of this rhyme comes from this form of poetry. Also, these songs share the melody of The Merry-Go-Round Broke Down, 
written in 1937, which was used first in Merry Melodies and then in Looney Tunes, so it's going to sound familiar. I honestly didn't hear the melody the first time I listened to it until I realized that clapping games and jump rope songs usually have a much faster tempo. Now, before I get into how this is a complicated nursery rhyme to discuss, let me read out the rhyme that I'm referring to. And again, I'll share that this rhyme has a lot of different variations, and if you know it yourself, it's probably going to be different to the one I'm reading. But this is the one I'm most familiar with. This is going to be kind of difficult to read without its own rhythm, but I'll try. Miss Susie had a steamboat. This steamboat had a bell. Miss Susie went to heaven. The steamboat went to... Hello, operator. Give me number nine. If you disconnect me, I'll kick you from... Behind the refrigerator, there was a piece of glass. Miss Susie sat upon it and broke her little... Ask me no more questions. Tell me no more lies. The boys are in the bathroom, zipping down there. Flies are in the meadow. The bees are in the park. Miss Susie and her boyfriend are kissing in the D-A-R-K. Dark, dark, dark. D-A-R-K, D-A-R-K, dark, dark, dark. Now, after I've read it, you can hear those jammits, right? So the first one is the steamboat went to hello, operator. You can put two and two together. Of course, it feels impossible to read that without the assumed stresses. So you can probably hear how it would easily translate into either a clapping game or jump room song. Let's listen to some audio versions before I get into the varied and complicated history of this nursery rhyme. I'm going to play two audio clips for you in this section. The first is the melody that was either inspired by the song or used the rhythm to inspire it. I'm not sure which came first. This is the 1937 Brunswick record recording of The Merry-Go-Round Broke Down. Now, when you listen to it, Went. 
the merry-go-round broke down. Imagine it's sped up if you can. This is kind of how you you get the idea that this rhythm came from this record. Now, I suspect that the clapping game came before this recording, as it seems to have been popular in the early 20th century, and we'll get to that in a minute. The second is from YouTube TikTok creator Molly Whoopi, whose channel Music for Children Folk is just absolutely fantastic. She gave me the permission to play her version of Miss Susie, Please find the link to her work in the description of the podcast, as well as my reference page on the blog. She's also really interested in the history of these songs, and she's interested in preserving a lot of these songs for future children. I absolutely enjoy working with her. I enjoy her intelligence and take on these types of songs, and I really hope that we can collaborate in the future. But for now, let's listen to her version of Miss Susie. I'm going to warn you right now, this song is not for babies. This song is not for little kids. This song is for big kids. You ready? Here we go. Miss Susie had a steamboat. The steamboat had a bell. Miss Susie went to heaven. The steamboat went to hello. Operator, please give me number nine. And if you disconnect me, I'll chop off your behind the refrigerator. There is a piece of glass. And if you dare to step on it, I'll kick you in the ask me no more questions. Tell you no more lies. The boys are in the bathroom, zipping up their flies. They're in the country. These are in the park. Miss Susie and her boyfriend are kissing in the dark. Is like a movie. A movie's like a show. A show is on the TV screen, and that is all I know. I know my mama. I know I know my pa. I know I know my sister, and her $18 broccoli is delicious. Spinach makes me cry. Miss Susie told me all of this the day before she dyed her hair all purple. She dyed her hair all pink. She dyed her hair all polka dots and washed it down the sink. Hello, operator, please give me number 10. And if you disconnect me, I'll sing the song again. Isn't that amazing? I really love that creators today are still using these as inspiration. And they're doing the same thing I'm doing. While I like to look into the history of these songs, they are keeping these songs alive. And I really can't thank Molly enough for the work she does. And please go and support her channel. And let's talk about the history of this song. This nursery rhyme or clapping song or jump rope song, whatever you'd like to call it, originated as a vaudeville act. Now, 
I don't have enough time to go into the history of vaudeville in this podcast episode, but I'd like to cover a little bit more of it, perhaps in the next episode when I talk about how all three of these jumping songs have in common. Going back to Miss Susie, it, like many nursery rhymes, developed many variations through oral tradition. And let me tell you, most of them are not children-friendly. In fact, when reading up on the surprisingly developed Wikipedia page about these, a quote that stood out to me was, These songs were sometimes political, usually openly crude, and occasionally infant-sized. One of the first publication references of this rhyme appears in Ed Lowry's files that were later compiled into the book My Life in Vaudeville, the autobiography of Ed Lowry, published in 2007. Ed Lowry, 1896-1983, was a vaudeville comic, saxophone player, and MC. He wasn't particularly famous, but what he did have was a huge collection of vaudeville sketches, arts, scores, and more. This collection was a treasure trove of vaudeville history. Vaudeville theater was popular from the late 1800s until about World War I. It was a variety stage show lasting usually between two and four hours. Now, vaudeville acts contain all sorts of entertainment from juggling to shooting expositions. The humor ranged from political to the absurd. Big vaudeville names include stars like Will Rogers, Harry Houdini, and Pert Kelton. American vaudeville acts appeared all over the country, from the Savoy to traveling shows. And it didn't just appear in theater, it also appeared on rivers in steamboats, or as they were later coined, showboats. And that is reference in the nursery rhyme. Songs like Miss Susie were a big part of vaudeville theater. These shows weren't necessarily for the family. Instead, they often contained satirical, political, or body topics. Oddly enough, I see a big parallel between these songs and nursery rhymes. They were often in the same poetry meter as nursery rhymes. They were often passed down orally, and they were easy to remember. And, of course, easy to join in as they were sung or performed to the crowd. They also contained cultural nuggets that an audience would understand and recognize. But, again, this may otherwise be lost to time in history. Now, vaudeville shows were performed all over the country, as I've mentioned, and they were performed almost every day of the week. So, for example, at the Savoy, there are different shows throughout the week, and of course, these shows often had to change or update acts, and you couldn't just sing Miss Susie every night because there may be repeat audience members. What was easy to do was just change the lyrics to the same melody. So, much like Saturday Night Live, for example, Performers of vaudeville probably took political or current events that happened during the week or during the day and incorporated that into the act. Perhaps the reason why there are so many versions of Miss Susie Had a Steamboat was that performers just ad-libbed them or added to them as cultural events happened. And Miss Susie probably just stuck to time. Why? I, I don't know. I think a, a story in better enlightened than I could could probably tell you that. Now, with that, these songs often made fun of or referenced cultural idioms, such as the steamboat, the telephone, and this one and later it talks about a bra. So they talked about inventions or they talked about things that were used in everyday life. For example, the refrigerator, once there was a piece of glass behind the refrigerator, the refrigerator was invented in 1805 by American inventor Oliver Evans, designed as a blueprint for the first refrigerator machine. But it wasn't like a refrigerator today, it was like more like a cooling box. 
The telephone, for example, wasn't invented until the 20th century, but we'll talk about how it was used. So these inventions or the things that were talked about in these clapping songs were something known by the everyday people. What I do find interesting in the refrigerator case is that ice boxes were more common in homes than refrigerators. So it wasn't really until after World War I that refrigerators became more common in people's houses. I, again, I don't know if Miss Susie, the, the version that I know, was changed after World War II or after World War I, and perhaps the first version used as an icebox. But, but then again, its use of operator is unique. But sorry, I'm speculating as I'm recording, so I'll get to that in a minute. But as I mentioned, the whole point of that is that these vaudeville songs talked about inventions, it talked about cultural ideas, it talked about political ideas that happened at the time that were incorporated in these songs. Now, when we think about Miss Susie, there were a few things that stood out in the lyrics that I wanted to think about and how it was used in American life. And those three things were the refrigerator, the steamboat, and the operator. Now, I talked a little bit about the refrigerator. The refrigerator wasn't really in American households until after World War I. And before that, they were mostly ice boxes, which were, think of like wooden chests about hip height that were filled with ice. In fact, my mother had a few antique ice boxes that we ended up putting our shoes in because we weren't going to use it as ice boxes. But again, I am unsure when this nursery rhyme changed from ice box to refrigerator, as an example. Now, when we think about the steamboat, the steamboat was invented in the late 18th century, but by the 20th century, steamboats were made obsolete by railroads. Steamboats were mostly used as a tourist attraction called showboats. Perhaps in the nursery rhyme, it's referenced because vaudeville shows were performed on showboats. Famed vaudeville actor Buster Keaton starred in a film called Steamboat Bill. You can find it on YouTube. It's just absolutely wonderful. But there's also a famed vaudeville song by the same name, and it has that all those elements that I talked about. It does have a full narrative about a steamboat captain named Bill who is trying to beat another steamboat in the race down the Mississippi. And go ahead and listen to it. I believe it's from 1919, and it's also hilarious. When we think about the timeline of these things, steamboats weren't really used in the 20th century, but vaudeville was popular from the late 19th century up to World War I. If you kind of think of the Venn diagram of when these things were invented to when they were popularized, you kind of get the idea that Miss Susie was probably popular around the early 20th century. Now, when we think about the telephone, we think of, and we consider it with the lyrics of Miss Susie, if we go back and think about the lyrics, it says, hello, operator, please give me number nine. And if you disconnect me, I'll kick you from, assumingly, behind. When we think about the use of operators, and we think about how you're using the telephone in the early 20th century, the owner of the telephone would have to call an exchange. And in the exchange, there was a switchboard operator, usually a woman, I must note, and the switchboard operator would answer. The caller would give the operator the name or the number of the person he or she wanted to contact. So in this case, number nine would be whatever the switch that they would have to use. The operator would then use a patch or plug into a cord into that person's socket on the switchboard. And you can imagine how easily it would be to disconnect the person. That's how it was connected to Miss Susie at a steamboat. And operators were used in telephones until around the 1930s because after that, dial phones became popular. 
Now, again, when I go back and think about that, the Venn diagram, we have steamboats or showboats, we have the refrigerator, and we have the operator. You can kind of see like this, this anachronism or this incongruency. So if I had to guess, I think Miss Susie was probably popularized in the early 20th century. And then the version that I just used was likely adapted or changed around the 1930s or 40s because I would guess that these cultural references were maybe outdated, but still recognizable. To go back to the whole point of this podcast, or we can't really pinpoint the origin of this, but by looking at the lyrics and looking looking at what was popular at the time, I suspect its origins can be really placed in vaudeville in the early 20th century. And if we think about what happened then in the 20th century, big events are World War I and World War II, I think that the songs that were sung by the troops in World War I to help camaraderie and just help beat the horrors of war were probably some of these vaudeville songs. Because as I mentioned, these vaudeville songs were easy to remember, easy to adapt, and were relatable to most people. And so I, I think that Miss Susie probably became popular in the early 20th century and then survived as a song that was easy to remember, easy to sing, easy to adapt through the World Wars. And I think I remembered, I'm not sure when I learned this song, but I remember using it in elementary school. So perhaps it was a camp song that I picked up. But nevertheless, I'm going to have a less than traditional conclusion to this podcast because my voice is going, as you can probably hear, and it is time for me to stop talking. But we've learned a lot today, and there's still so much more that I want to explore. In the next episode, I'd like to take time to look at the history of these jump rope songs and clapping songs. And I just know it's going to talk about the lows of American history and its roots in slavery. But I also think it's going to, I think we're going to discover some of that unique cultural history in American entertainment, which includes these vaudeville acts and how these vaudeville acts were remembered up until through the 19th, through the 20th century and into the 21st. I still think that these songs are easy to remember, easy to sing, and silly enough to remember. And that's what I'd like to cut, uncover in next week's episode. But for now, thank you for listening. I didn't want to go two weeks without having an episode. And even though my voice is going, I just wanted to get something out there. Thank you for listening and join me next week where I will continue to talk about the weirdness of nursery rhymes. Thank you for listening to a Tisket Tasket podcast. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. If you found value in today's content, please share with others and consider leaving a review. Also, follow Gina on all social media platforms, and we'll see you next time.